0: Welcome, Abundant Life family, to our Her Story Women's Conference in podcast form. We can't get over how special that weekend was and how awesome our speakers were. Now let's dive into this powerful session from our very own Pastor Aaron
1: Thomas. So our stories, they matter. Our stories, they matter. And we need to share them. We can't just hold on to them. We can't just keep them quiet. But how? How do you share your story? Now, this is kind of what I want to talk to you a little bit about today because sometimes we get really, really excited and we want to share the entire story. And the entire story is sometimes good. But there's little ways that we can be ready. So when we become a Christian... This, that sounds funny, I know. But when we become a Christian, we get saved and we love Jesus and all that. And then we, we remember, okay, the Great Commission. Now I have a new purpose. Well, I'm supposed to go into all the world and, and share the gospel, share the good news, right? So what does that look like? Well, you don't have to get on a boat or an airplane or go to some place where you don't understand what people are saying because they're speaking a different language because you're in a different country. That happens when you go to work. That happens... When you go to Publix or Costco or whatever, Publix is not a pleasure to shop at, so um, not always. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) That happens when you leave your house. That happens when you put your kids to bed at night. That's when you share the gospel. That's when you go into all the world and you share the good news. So it's really important for us to be ready to share our testimony to share our story John 4 39 what this whole conference is about and many Samaritans in that city believed because of the woman's testimony because because of her testimony she ran back into the city and the men came out and they said tell us what you told her And then Jesus had access to this whole group of people that he would have never had access to if it were not for that woman and her running back into her city and testifying to the goodness of God, right? So I want to talk to you guys a little bit, a little bit really quickly about how to share your story. You want to be prepared, right? Bible says in 2 Timothy, be ready in and out of season. Preach the word, be ready in and out of season. Preach the word, be ready in and out of season. So when we think about our testimony, oh my gosh, do you know how many things have happened to me in my life that God came through on and I, I could, couldn't list them all, but not right now, but how many, how many different things have we been through in our lives and we could take hours and hours to tell our stories, right? But we have to be prepared in advance to know exactly what we're gonna say. Our story is like a gift that we give people, right? So it should be polished, it should be refined. It doesn't always have to be, but I'm telling you this, and I wanna ex- want you guys to understand the importance of sharing your story and being ready to share your story, because if you just start to talk about your story and you fumble around, then it loses its significance. If you forget a thing or you get too detailed or you tell the 17 things that happened to you last week instead of the big things, then your testimony kind of can get lost and lose its impact. So we wanna focus on how can we prepare our testimonies so that they are ready and to be shared to someone that doesn't know Jesus like we know Jesus or doesn't know him at all. So we wanna have our testimony, have our story ready in advance. We wanna give an overview of your life before Jesus okay so when you think about these things we think what does that look like what was an overview so I was from an abusive household or I was in a bad marriage it I, I was successful but empty you want to know the parts of your story that you want to share and the parts that you want to skip over so some things to think about does it speak to so This is a hard thing. But does the thing that you're going to share, is it going to really help you to to glorify God? Is it a significant thing? If you only have a short period of time where you're you're sharing Jesus to somebody or you're sharing your story and the intent is to introduce them to Jesus, you want to be ready to share those things that are significant. Is it something that you're still healing from, okay? I want you guys to think about this because um, I love what Deborah said because sometimes there's things that you don't wanna share and you need to share because that's what God is calling you to do and sometimes we have to know this isn't, I'm not ready to share this. A couple of months or a couple of years ago, uh, 2018, I had a miscarriage and I tried to tell that story um, to a couple of women that I was speaking to in a group and I wasn't ready. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I started, I don't know, I, I, would, I would say cry, but it, it wasn't really that. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, I could not, it took me like literally five minutes to recover emotionally. Like I was looking, I mean, my face, pressure, I don't know what it was. But I was not ready to share that. So sometimes things happen to us that are significant, but God still needs to do some healing. He needs to do some stuff inside of us before we're ready to share that story in a way that's gonna glorify Him. So if you're still in it, sometimes you gotta hold on to it a little bit and let God work on it a little bit more before you share it. So you never, this is, here we go. This is a good one. You never start your testimony with, when I was born, okay? if your birth was not like a miracle birth that's a sign it's going to be too long (laughs) okay so but because here's the thing we have a lot of stuff that has happened to us in our lives and we want to again we want to pinpoint the things that are the most significant so we can bring god the most glory in a short period of time because think about our time once we start talking about ourselves our time can be limited Based on what our situation is, so we want to share in generalities. We want to avoid messy details if they're not necessary. So one of the the example that I always use to get this across is um, when I was um, in high school and college, like I partied and I did a bunch of drugs. I never talk specifically about drugs, like I never talk specifically about experiences or whatever, because. To so somebody that's never been exposed to that, that can be jarring and they're now, now they're no longer paying attention to me, they're thinking about what that could possibly look like in, in their mind or you know what they've seen in the movies or whatever. <laughs> and so I never share the specifics because I know that most people won't directly relate to that and it's not necessary. I just shared what I needed to share. I partied, I did some drugs, whatever, it's over, it's done, sanctified, clean, whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean. Now, the exception to this rule is if you know that someone has experienced the same thing. So, you know if somebody's struggling with addiction, or you know specifically that maybe somebody's uh, somebody's dealing with infidelity in their marriage, or something like that. You can, and you've had the same. Uh, situation in your life, then you can be specific because those details are the thing that's going to bond you. Those details are the things that's going to help you help that person understand that she's not the only one or that they're not the only one that has experienced what they're experiencing. So use discernment and make sure that when you're, when you're telling your testimony that it is something that is always glorifying God and it's not not TMI. How about that? How about that? Does that sound good? So a question that you want to ask yourself, we're going to start with our life, the overview of our life before we knew Jesus, the very general, and then we're going to go to how did you know you needed the Lord? Okay? So this can be I hit rock bottom or we were living in my car or I um, just saw something in someone and I was like, what is that? Tell the moment that you realized you needed Jesus. Where did that come in? Or you realized you needed something. And then how did you find the Lord? This is the next question that you want to answer. How did you find the Lord? Now, how you found the Lord, it can be you were driving. I love, I love. Okay, Says so this is how I found this, this church. Not that I didn't find this church. I found the old church, um, but I'm still, he's still here, so. Um, when I, I still do my job, but I was working with one of my kids and one of my kids was in a halfway house down on Banks Road. And I was looking for a church at the time and I was church hopping and, you know, whatever, finding the right place. And I drove by Abundant Life and I was like, oh, well, let me try that church because I haven't been there. And that happens all the time now. So how did I find, how did I find Jesus? I was driving by here (laughs) and I came in the church. That's a people drive by this building. It's a, great, clear, it's a great clear point to explain how did you get to where you are. But you want to explain like that connection. What was that moment where you connected with, G- with the Lord or you connected with him in a way that changed the direction of your life? How did you change your life afterward? This can be... I started reading my Bible, or I just started going to church on Sundays. I listened to this podcast. I broke up with my boyfriend because I knew that we were unequally yoked, or I knew that he wasn't the one for me and I was afraid to leave him, or I I started reading my Bible every day, whatever it was. Talk about the things that you started doing when you came to know the Lord. The things that helped you really make the changes in your life, okay? Here's the the thing that can be hard for people to understand. When you find Jesus, it doesn't change like in an instant. Sometimes it does, but mostly it doesn't. Most of the time, We have to start doing stuff in our personal lives that is really gonna make, that is really gonna change the direction of our lives right most of the time we have to change this we have to change the way we are living our life we have to change the way we think we have to change our actions we have to change the way that we move we have to change the people that we're hanging out with we have to change the things that we do on friday nights we have to change 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 it's uncomfortable it doesn't feel good all the time but it's always for our betterment and so when you get to talk about those things and you're very clear i i talked about One of the things about my testimony is I stopped listening to reggae music because I couldn't stop smoking pot, (laughs) and whenever I would listen to reggae music, it made me think about pot. (laughs) So I stopped listening to reggae music for a time because I, I mean that just that's part of my testimony. I had to change the things that were coming into my mind. I had to change the things that I was hearing. But if we, like that was, and that was a significant thing, but to, to you it may not be a significant thing, but if, but you never know when maybe you make that connection with somebody because music is a big deal to them. Music can be part of their identity. And it's true, the things that we do, the TV we watch can become part of our identity and that informs on us. So when you can connect with someone on that level and be clear, changing this seemingly insignificant thing really helped me change the direction of my life, then maybe they can do it too. It's the little things. Now, this is so significant. And Tish brought it up during the the panel. You want to know who Jesus is to you. Okay? You want to know who Jesus is. You want to know what he's done in your life and you want to be able to communicate that clearly. You can't just say I love Jesus and walk away. You have to be able to identify the significant things that God, that Jesus has done and then cl- like clarify what that is in word. Okay? So he is my identity. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my peace. Jesus is my strength, he's my confidence. I know that no matter what happens, at the end of the day, I am going to be okay. If everything is up in a mess and my life is falling apart, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am gonna be okay because Jesus is in control. I submit to him, he is in control of my life. He's my confidence. You need to know and be able to communicate that. Now, a couple of things to note. Make sure you use language that the people can understand, and I love that Minister Nett brought this up, and Sherilyn brought this up last session, because it's such a big deal. We get so holy, uh, and that people don't identify with us. Uh, The glory of the Lord shine upon me in my face, and no, how about if you just felt Jesus with you? How about you say that instead? I take every thought captive, and I don't. No, you just make yourself think differently, right? If you keep using things like, okay, and I, these are the word of God, so I believe them. I truly, I'm a royal priesthood, I believe that. But that's weird to somebody that does not know the Bible and they probably think that you have some kind of like personality disorder, I don't know. (laughs) say i am a child of god i am loved you are you are but how do you use what words are you going to use to explain that how are you going to connect with someone are you going to judge them are you going to be hard on them when they tell you the truth about what their life is what they've been doing i remember my mentor she oh she was great she literally like every single time i would meet with her you know the first like year that i was coming to abundant life I would just have a story about how I screwed up. How I how I, you know, bought another pack of cigarettes or I I, you know, did whatever. I would have a story and she would always say, "Okay. Well, let's talk about why. Let's talk about what happened before. Let's talk about the things that happened before that led up to that." Because she was trying to help me get to the root of why my life was not changing. Now, This is so key, if we do not love people and we are not loved to people, they will turn away. They are supposed to know that we are Christians because we love them and how often do people not turn to Jesus because they got hurt by the church or someone that called themselves a Christian. It is our responsibility. It says in the Bible, do not just say you love people, really love them. What does that look like? That is so significant, your reactions to people, the way that you communicate. The way I was talking with someone in the lobby on Wednesday night, and she was so sweet. She was like rubbing my elbow while she was talking to me, and I'm like, I love you. You're so sweet. Like, the, how is she? she? was connecting with me. She was connecting with me and the way that she connects. Right? How can you connect in a way that someone will connect with you? How will you do that? Because it's not, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about me. My, your interaction, my, what I'm trying to say is my relationship with the Lord is not going to be determined by like how I interact with you. Your relationship with the Lord is not going to be determined by how you how you interact with me. It's very personal and it's very unique and it's very private, right? So how we interact, it has to be about the other person. Do you understand? It has to be about the I'm sorry. I realize I say do you understand a lot because I heard my 2-year-old telling my 1-year-old that do you understand me? <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, we have to connect with people in a way. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. Uh, we have to connect with people in a way that they're gonna understand, that they're gonna respond to. If we try to connect them in a way that we're gonna understand, that, that that doesn't help. It's like we're we're a clanging symbol, right? That if you if you know that verse, if you have not love, you are a clanging symbol. You are just noise because what you have to be, what you have to uh, say is not going to be received if you don't say it wrapped in the love of Jesus. And that's our responsibility. Listen, um, 1 Corinthians 14 9, it says, If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you're saying? So I went through all of this stuff because I want i want don't just think i know my life so i can go into any situation and tell my testimony we have to prepare our testimonies we have to prepare our stories you want to walk into the situation and you want to know what are you going to what are you going to start with what are you going to start with first how are you going to get to that point how are you going to get to the place where you can say and then jesus how are you going to get there because if you just rush into it and it's sloppy and it's messy that might be okay but what if it's polished, and what if it's ready, and what if it's prepared? Do you think you might have a different impact? I wanna, uh, we're going to roll a video, and I want you guys to, to take a look. It's um, about how to share your testimony.
0: So my journey began about eight years ago, shortly after I had my youngest son. Um, At that time, I was in a place of brokenness, anger, bitterness, hopelessness. Um, Being now a single mom of two boys, I just felt like I was rock bottom. I just couldn't do it anymore, at least not my way or the world's way, the way that I only knew. Now, I always knew of God, but I didn't have a relationship with God. And so that's when I really began seeking Him and really wanting to walk with Him and finding out what God's way was. So a lot of it had to do with my childhood, um, the dysfunction in in my own home with my parents, what I witnessed growing up, and also um, toxic relationships that I was in that led me to that place of that continued um, brokenness, of like that pattern. And um, along the way, God showed those things to me, the the roots of why, and He healed me, He healed my heart. And He began to show me His love. And through His love, He was able to help me learn to how to love myself, for one, how to love my children and then also love my family unconditionally. And then not only that, to show the kid's father, once he was saved, the love of Jesus that was in my heart. And um, because of that, because of that healing that took place and the love that he showed me and showing me how to love, um, I was able to reciprocate that same kind of love back to him when um, that th- his father, my husband, was going through his near-death experience. Um, God reached out to me to be there for him. Now that was one of the biggest challenge because this is the man who caused me so much hurt and pain in the past, and now God's asking me to be there for him. But God was very clear that in doing so, I would receive my healing. And being faithful and obedient to that um, God truly did because along that journey of me being there for Him, for the fact that He's the kid's father, um, it did something. God did something. He healed my heart, healed what was broken between us. And it felt like it was brand new all over again, like falling in love for the first time. And just like that, He was able to take what was a broken family and restore that and made it new, made it whole. And now I wake up every day just completely grateful and thankful for what God has done. My name is Sue, and this is my story.
1: How great was that? Sue has been at our church for, like, I like. Uh, 12 years, 11 years, something like that. She's one of our service managers. She's been working hard serving you guys this weekend. But how beautiful is her story? It was a story of redemption. It was a story of, of God bringing something that was broken and giving it new life. And her and her husband, now they had two children out of wedlock. Okay? Now they are married. They serve the Lord together in this house. it's a beautiful story of what god can do when you let him but there's so many things about that story that make it so beautiful now here's the here's the interesting part she touched on that she had a difficult upbringing but she didn't have to go into detail she didn't have to go into deep detail but but if that's part of your story where the where you're upbringing is significant in your story, then you spend a little more time in that. But what is, you want to think about what is your story and how do you tell it? Don't treat your story like it's just back there and you'll get to it when you get to it. Treat your story like it matters because it does. And when we get ready to share it, you can change the trajectory of someone else's life. Now, here's the problem. We get all into ourselves and all into our minds uh, because we think either our story is too bad or nothing happened. I love that that was talked about in the panel as well. We think that people won't understand. We think all these things. We think um, people won't like me anymore. Well, let me give you a couple of examples of People in the Bible that had stories that made big impacts. Okay? We talked about her last night. Rahab was a hooker. <laughs> Apparently you can say that in church, so there's that. <laughs> she changed, the, she changed the, the, the situation for the Israelites, and she was in the bloodline of Jesus. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Samuel... He didn't have a story he grew up in the house of god he was there from the time that he was weaned it says in the bible right he didn't have a big story but he made a huge impact he made a huge impact paul was killing people wrote basically the entire new testament not the entire new testament don't tell people i said that he wrote so many books of the new testament He helped to spread the gospel. He was the one that got it to take. John Mark, (laughs) John, he wrote, he ran naked from when Jesus got arrested. He was the guy that lost his cloak and ran away naked. (laughs) He wrote the book of John and the book of Revelation, y'all. Not a very good start, but a good finish. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) These are people in the Bible that made significant impact on our world as we know it today. So let me ask you, what's your story? Are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about the significant things? Pastor Jenya talked about her today, the woman at the well, man, she was in obscurity. There was nothing special about her. As a matter of fact, it was worse. It was not good. It was bad. She lived in obscurity. Jesus connected with her, helped her identify, helped her to come to who she was, gave her truth. You can have living water, like a stream of life that bubbles out from you, if you believe me. And she did. And when he spoke to her, something in her broke and she ran. That's her. Obscurity. And she changed her city. Her city. What keeps you from sharing your story? It's not done. I don't want to tell people. People won't understand. What you've been through in your life, it's not for nothing. Unless you let it be. People ask all the time, why do bad things happen to good people? That's not the answer, (laughs) you know, so we can have our stories. But what can we do with the bad things that do happen to us? I told you guys earlier, I lost a baby in 2018, and it was so hard. It was so hard. And that was not not a good thing. But you know what? I'm going to take that tough thing that happened to me, and I'm going to share it because I want people to know that even though there's brokenness and that, that, that was not a pregnancy that happened and there's, there's no other side of that, I have healing. I know that I came to a place in a moment where I knew that I had nothing but Jesus and that was a good place to be. I went to a new level in my faith in that brokenness. But I'm not gonna let, just let that go. I got to share my story. I got to be brave. It makes me cry a little bit, like, you know, that thing that happens in your throat, like, and you know what? I'm okay with that. It hurts a little bit. It hurts to talk about what happened to my mom, but it's part of my story, and even though I don't understand the, all of the circumstances surrounding my mom's life, I trust God and I know that he's with her. Can that be a testimony? Is that okay? Yes, it is okay, it is okay. You know why? Because I have confidence in Jesus and he has changed my life. Listen, we have the power and the authority, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, because you know what, a lot of times it's stuff that we did ourselves. Nobody did it to us, we did it to ourselves. Sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. Sometimes we have to trust that Jesus is forgiving us if we, if we let him. If we let him. Perfect people, it's okay to mess up. <laughs> um, Reality, check. I'm like, try to be perfect, and I guess... I have trouble with that, if I'm being totally honest. It's very hard to be totally perfect, and I'm usually not. But that's okay, because I'm not loved because the things that I do are perfect. I am loved because I I am who I am, because God created me, because I have purpose, and God didn't create me to be perfect. God says in Matthew, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven and whatever you loose or permit on earth will have been loosed in heaven. You got the authority. So are you going to take your pen back and write your story? Will you take your pen? Will you take the authority that Jesus has given you and write your story? Will you finally forgive yourself for that thing? Will you finally release that person who hurt you so badly? Because those are the things that will keep us from sharing our stories. Those are the things that will keep us Other people not knowing about Jesus. The significance of that, the outcome, we know when we get to heaven, we're going to face judgment. And we're going to hear about the times that we missed the mark. So what can you start doing today that will help you not miss the mark anymore? Well, it starts here. It starts inside of our hearts. You have the keys of the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) You have the authority. You have the choice. God has put it inside of you. What are you allowing in your life still that's keeping you from being able to share your story, from being able to share your testimony? What are you doing that is keeping the Lord from being able to take you to the next level? I love what Pastor Nicole said last night. If you are not doing something that is making you wildly uncomfortable, then you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Ouch. There's a lot of things that are wildly uncomfortable in my life. So (laughs) let that sink in. what's a little bit hard that you're doing? What's a lot hard that you're doing? I hope there's something. Because if there's not something, then there's something else. Jesus, didn't create any of us for obscurity. Jesus created us for power. Jesus created us to move with confidence. Now that looks different on different people, and that's okay. You do not, I love what, whatever came up last, it was something about comparison, it was so good. Um, don't compare yourselves to anybody because you're not me and I'm not you. Jenny and I are wearing almost the exact same outfit we're not the same person you cannot look to the person next to you and see how they do it you know why that's their story it's not your story so I want to ask you are you going to take your pen back are you going to take control of your life back let me tell you starts when you trust Jesus Enough to do some surgery on you, enough to pull some things out of you. Man, there's things that you gotta let go, you better let them go. I think every day, you know, we all talk about how busy we are and how, you know, we don't have time for this or we don't have time for that. And I I have recently stopped myself. I am not going to answer, like, how you been? Oh, busy, you know. No, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not going to say that anymore. Because I don't want to just be busy. I want to be doing things with purpose and intention. And I want to be making a difference. I want to be spending time with my family. I want to be developing the body of Christ. I want to be growing in my relationship with the Lord. I don't want to be busy. What does Jesus want to do in you? Our time. Our time is fleeting. We had a lovely little lady that was registered to come to this conference. She she brought lunch to one of our staff members on Tuesday, and she passed away on Tuesday night. Our time is fleeting. What are you doing with your time right now? What are you doing? Don't waste it. The blessings of the Lord could be being stored up in heaven for you and you can't release them until you let go of what Jesus wants you to let go of, right? Sometimes we block our blessings because we hold on to junk. Guys, if God is asking you for something, it's because it's not good for you or it's not for this season any longer. Are you willing to trust him? Oh, Jesus, are you willing to trust him? Do you trust him? Do you trust him to heal you? Are you done letting somebody else or something else write your story? Are you ready to take your pen back and write your story? We all know the scripture, Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you. He knows the plans. Are you going to help him write? Because he wants you to help him write. He wants that. He wants you to be involved with him. Are you gonna take your pen back? I was the girl that got made fun of all the time in school. I got got made fun of for being too fat. I got made fun of for being stupid. I still cannot read out loud. Um, very well. Definitely, clearly remember counting the paragraphs till it was my turn in elementary school so I could practice reading my paragraph because I was so nervous that I was going to mess up and I always did. I was abused in my home. I was molested. I was spoken to as if I didn't matter, as if I had no worth. I decided I was going to make people like me, so whatever I sensed from people, I just morphed into whatever I thought that they wanted me to be, and so I had no sense of self for a very long time. And then I decided that I was going to be good. It's good. Not bad to be good, so I'm going to be good. I'm gonna work hard at school. I'm gonna work harder at school. I'm going to work out. I'm gonna, that's good. I'm going to, uh, I'll still party on the weekends, but not so that it interferes with my my school and my work, you know, because that's the world standard, and that's okay, I'm still being good. Practice yoga, that's good. It's good for your whatever, it's not good. We can talk about it later, but I'm, I'm not gonna talk about it here, but. If you want to talk about it later, I'll tell you. Meditate, whatever. I was doing everything that was good. I had a great job. I graduated with highest. I graduated summa laude from my class in college, highest, uh, highest in my master's degree. I bought a house. Good. All good. Very good. Still empty, still sad. I want it better. I didn't know how. Another good thing, I'll go to church. That's good. Church is good. Church is good. Went to a few different churches, and it was good. Went to church on Sunday. Hi. Not even, I didn't even get a see you next week, like, at the first few churches that I went to. It's just everybody assumed that everybody knew each other. I don't know. I don't know what that was. Um, check. Went to church. Here's the cool thing. Once I got here,
0: it wasn't any
1: longer about check. Church on Sunday. See, that the Lord moved in on my heart. And my desire to be good changed into a desire to know Jesus more. Oh, well, okay, there's a little bit more to it than Sunday. Okay, let me know Jesus more. And my desire to know Jesus more eventually turned into a desire to be who he called me to be, and today, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a pastor, and I continue to do the things that God has called me to do. He didn't save me, like, I didn't get saved in this radical moment of, like, whatever, whatever, but it was a moment of okay, here I am, here's my, here, here, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna take this step, okay, great, now let's take an, another step, okay, great, now let's, now here we are, now here we are, it's just little step by little step by little step, I'm giving Jesus my little bits, I'm giving him my little bits of trust. And he's showing me over and over again who he is and how good he is. And he has shown me time and time again his goodness and his mercy. You guys, I am not supposed to be a pastor. I, I, you would look at me years ago and I would, you would never guess that I would be here. Who am I? Who am I? God, what did you do to me? <laughs> you completely changed me from the inside out. Oh, man, and for the better, I am I am a testimony of Jesus Christ and what he can do when you trust him. I was broken. I had no identity. I had, no, I had been hurt by every single person that I had ever trusted. Ever, and I'm saying every single one. I am not kidding you that I have ever trusted every single one. But you know what? It's not about the people that I trust. It's about Jesus. It's about who Jesus says that I am. And if I trust him, then he's gonna bring the people into my life that are not gonna hurt me. How about that? How about he can heal me from the inside? How about I don't have to hurt and and be in pain from unforgiveness, from brokenness, from feeling like I gotta get my point across. And if they just understood, Where I was coming from, everything would be okay. I got to let that go because Jesus says I am okay the way I am because Jesus says that relationship was not for me and the relationship that I have with him is number one. Jesus said it. I believe it. I am changed from the inside out and that is my story. I took my pen back, y'all. The enemy had my pen, man. He was trying to take me out. But just like we talked about earlier, What the enemy intended for evil. What is it? He turned it for good. He turned it for good. What did the enemy intend for evil in your life? That you're going to take it back and you're going to say, I'm going to turn this for good. What can you do? Jesus sees you, he sees the hurt, he sees fear, he sees all that, and that's okay. Like we talked about earlier, having emotions does not make you not a Christian, okay? Having a doubt does not make you not a Christian. Three years ago or four years ago, I sat on my floor in my garage and I was done with God. That's my story. And in that moment, Peter said, when the disciples left him, Peter said to Jesus, Jesus asked them, are you guys going to leave me too? And Peter said, Lord, to whom would we go? Jesus is the answer. He's the only one. He's the only answer. He's the only answer. He's the only band-aid that can heal your hurts, that can cover you, that can heal you from the inside out. He's the only one that can help you see, that can help you release, that can help you walk through that trauma, that drama, that loss. He's the only one who can do it. And he will, oh my gosh, he wants to. He wants to. He wants you to say, Jesus, whatever you want to do inside of me, whatever you want to take out, whoever you want me to release, that's what he wants from you. Will you do it? Are you willing? Do you trust him? Do you know how much he loves you? I look at my, my children and you... It's so, I love them so much, and seeing them, I understand so much more about the love of a father. I see that, the love that he has for me. You see, you're not your past. That is not who you are, right? But if we continue to see ourselves as our past, we will continue to do the same things as we've been doing. But if we see ourselves in a new identity, see your identity informs upon your action, right? So if you see yourself as a bad person, then guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna do more bad things. If you say, I am never gonna get out of here, I'm never gonna get out of this relationship, I'm never gonna get out of this job, I'm never gonna get out of this mindset of thinking I'm less than, then that's what's gonna happen. But if you just say, wait, you know what? I don't even know what to think, but I'm sick of feeling this way, and I'm sick of thinking this way, or I'm sick of being here, so I'm going to just trust you, Jesus. What do you want to do? What do you think he's going to do? He's going to swoop in, and he is going to save you. It may not happen in a moment, but man, God's got something to write for you. He's got a story to write. He wants you to write your story, and he wants you to share it. What does he want you to do? What's on your heart? I feel like I look at I don't the, the, he doesn't want you to see yourself as as weak. He doesn't want you to see yourself as, as powerless. He doesn't want you to see yourself as broken because he sees you the way that he designed you to be strong, empowered, beautiful, and it breaks his heart to see you broken. It breaks his heart to see you hurt. He wants you to release those things to him. So, what's he putting on your heart today? Do you want to take your pen back? Do you want to take your pen back? What do you have to write? Are you ready? Are you ready to share? If one thing could change in your life right now, one thing that could change your life, I want you to think about that thing. One circumstance, one situation, what's that thing that you feel like would break and you'd be like, if, it, if it's the thing that says, if I didn't have this, I would be able to. If you knew how he felt about you, how much he loves you. He laughs at you with you. When you laugh at yourself, he's laughing with you. He thinks you're cute. He thinks you do funny things. If you knew how much he loved you, would you keep doing things the same you've been doing? If you could see yourself the way Jesus sees you, uh, you, would you keep going that way? Take it from you. He'll help you with it. So let me ask you again: Will you take your pen back? Will you live your life in the fullness? That God wants you to have. Will you take your pen back? If there's one thing that we have prayed for this for the women of this conference, it is that you would be empowered to share your testimony and for you be able to do that you have got to be healed you've got to trust that Jesus has you you've got to trust that he takes away your shame that he removes your sin of as far as the east is from the west my mother-in-law read this scripture to Nicole Pastor Nicole last night but it was so beautiful Isaiah 61 3 to all who mourn he will give a crown He's just so good. A crown of beauty for ashes. A joyous blessing instead of mourning. Festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory. That's you.
0: Wow, hearing this again just reignited something in me, and I hope it's done the same for you. If you want to get even more connected with us, you can visit us at our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV, and at Come to Life on Facebook. And remember these two things. One, that God is a good God. He loves you, and He wants to bless you. And two, your story matters.